This is Gary Morrison. This is the Reforming Business Podcast, July 28th on a Friday. And I'm I'm here with Nathan Brackenridge, my co-host. And we have our guest, Matthew Belleville, in the house. All right, so here we are, guys. We are here on a, a kind of a chilly Michigan evening, and uh, we're relaxing, talking to uh, our good friend Matthew Bellevue. And uh, Matthew is from originally from the Michigan area. He's joining us uh, back, imported, and ready for action here and in, uh, <laughs> in America. He's uh, he's back from Malaysia. His wife's there. They're in the process of adopting two twins. Some of you know that if you follow any of the groups that we all talk on and uh, re- the Reconstructionist uh, groups and some of those uh, different areas, there's a lot of conversation, a lot of help going on as well. Jason Sanchez, I think, uh, put yeah. together some stuff for you all, so that's been pretty awesome. So uh, so how are you guys doing? Good. Good. Doing all right. Good. So, Nathan, you want to talk? You want to start us off with what we're going to talk about today? <laughs> well, yeah, I'll talk. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, I guess before we started recording, we were discussing our relationship with with Matt, and just not just through our, you know, obviously we've known him for years. Uh, we used to be at the same church, um, so our relationship with him goes way back. But now it's uh, by way of business as well as um, our faith fellowship, and yeah. our fellowship, and how that connects. And I think the broader um, conversation we started was just how does businesses affect missions globally yeah and how do those relationships uh, benefit the kingdom of god yeah um, yeah either a how it's changed mm-hmm. yeah. or the freedom that it now allows the missionary to act on in ways that were more centralized under the jurisdiction only of the local church or the sending association and now that we have more of a global market there's a little bit more freedom that's allowed uh, from a missionary perspective that i think is beneficial and can really allow when somebody comes back to the states to actually rest visit family rather than doing their circuits and their 50 churches that's what we're talking about yeah 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 yeah, yeah. exactly so um i guess you want to you want to just chat what what your opinion is on uh maybe what the market looks like in malaysia right now Sure. So they're really big on the entrepreneurial side of things. Um, they're always looking for startups. They're always looking for business-minded people. Uh, they actually see them as a benefit. Um, as far as if you're coming over to start a business in Malaysia, like they'll throw visas at you. Okay. They'll throw money at you that you don't have to take. It's government money, so we all know that's sticky. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So the market is expanding. It's big. The city has over six million people, uh, Kuala Lumpur, the capital, um, and they're enterprising people. Uh, you know, kind of reminds me of er- earlier America. Yeah. Yeah. In essence. But there's also a bureaucratic government that wants to more and more get in, wants to control it. And so a part of a mission there on the business aspect is teaching principles that keep businesses free instead of buying into the government principles that have really screwed over companies in the U.S. Um, from taking subsidies and stimulus and so kind of teaching from a we've been past where you are now 
Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my question to you was where are they in relation to where we are when it comes to restrictions mm. on business and the freedom that you have to sure. to grow and expand and yeah. what do you do? Well, I think it, they're better off because, for example, they didn't have a sales tax until 2015 oh, wow. uh, came into place. They do now? They do now, yeah. So 2015, new president was elected, Najib, and he instituted the GST, um, general sales tax, 6%. Um, thing is, people are in poverty because the salaries have not increased uh, because everybody hits it. The business owners get hit with the GST, the employees get hit with the GST. Yeah. So every product. So, so everything every, is getting yeah. hit. Everything's raising in price. Salaries are staying the same. So you actually see that the Malaysian ringgit, just since we've been there, has went from 3.3 to a dollar to 4.2. To a dollar. Wow. Has there been? Was there any outcry? To uh, there was some big outcry to start up. Well, let's talk about that <clears throat> a little bit more about that outcry and what that looks like today. Mm. So, uh, you know, sometimes here in America, obviously we're past the point of outcry. Mm -hmm. We actually willfully take the chains. Yeah. So I, there's a little bit of bitterness or being upset, but there's nothing that's uh, collective. Mm -hmm. there, we're in a season of very much subjectivism mm -hmm. when it comes to even economics. So mm -hmm. there isn't a collective voice on what injustice looks like other than from the church where it's always come from. Mm -hmm. So Right, we're the uh, children calling our parents' names underneath our breath. Right, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we sent to our room. Right, yeah, right, right, but I hope they don't hear us, yeah. right? So um, so I guess two questions. What does that outcry look like? Mm -hmm. And uh, what is the church uh, environment like in Malaysia? And how do they are they contributing to that outcry? Mm. Yeah, so the outcry comes mostly from the working class, if you can call it that, right? You know, the guy that's... You know, working fast food jobs, working right. multiple restaurants, or uh, owns a small business, maybe. And then from the church, though, not really. It's pretty silent. Individuals in the church. But the church uh, doesn't really see its place in calling out injustice really? in like the here. government. Yeah, very similar to America in that sense. Uh, but, you know, the business... And that hits two things, which is not really a conversation, but it also hits the Islamification of the secular government because it's a two-court system. So it has a bad thing on the business side and then also the influence that Sharia law is slowly encroaching on the secular yeah. side of the yeah. law. Have you seen um, the fruit of uh, missionary uh, advancements in Malaysia from years past? Is there a strong foothold for Christ? Uh, is there any like really uh, reconstructional view of mm. culture? Uh, uh, in general, you have the <clears throat> positive amillennialists, like they call themselves. <laughs> but essentially, what that breaks down to is, you know, more people are going to get saved. Yeah, yeah. You know, culture might be impacted. Yeah. But it's not a direct job to deal with that. Right. Um, and then there really comes with business too. 
Um, you know, there's some business guys that are Christians and they want to, you know, imp uh, implement biblical principles. But to really come out and be like, yeah, God cares about my business, you know, and how I run it. Yeah. To yeah. the point of blessing and cursing is, right. is not there. Right. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. All right. And I think uh, the other area that we wanted to touch bases on before we move to the next segment, if you want to call it, this is, this is really casual conversation. We're sitting outside yeah. today. We're at Nathan's house. And so, um, so we're really having just normal conversations that we we would normally have just hitting record mm -hmm. and trying to hammer that out and uh, think through how we how we want to think through these things so what uh, how do you see I, I guess how do you see the new globalization if you will mm -hmm. of work and the ability to work on a more global level through advancements of technology impacting mm. missions as a whole and missionaries mm. very individually yeah so I think there's a couple aspects maybe we can break them down later yeah. but just to put some points <clears throat> there's not really a name for it or a coin for it coin phrase but essentially you know, there's a slavery that happens to a missionary to hundreds of churches that support them or through an organization that bottlenecks their work or needs uh, verification. They need uh, to go through the channels and it creates like a bureaucratic process to get things done. Yeah. Um, so it kind of enslaves the missionary in their work. Um, which they, they might call that accountability. Sure, exactly. they but, might count it accountability, but right. it's comfy chains and it's yeah. a way to get promised money. Um, and not every missionary that takes support is trying to do that. Um, but just on a practical side, it can be pretty entrapping. Well, yeah, um, I mean, you can see that because the view, or many churches want, let's say we're coming to want in here. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, finish no, your I'm going to bring up the next one. Okay, so let's jump into the next one. Okay. So, yeah, we just, uh, we're trying to, we're still trying to figure out the technology aspect of this. And so we, we had a phone call during that process. So I'm not quite sure what we cut off on, but really we're, we're talking essentially about uh, the work element of missions and how that's playing a role in, in mm -hmm. all of this. And so I, I guess if you want to just try to pick up right there. Sure, yeah. So um, just try to walk through them fast. There's three things we're trying to hit up, my wife and I. Uh, we kind of started a non-official business um, because we our visa allows us to do contract work, which is work with whoever we want. Um, and it's under business development. So we just say our education ministry is a business and we're contracting ourselves. Nice. <clears throat> so we are doing Christian homeschool uh, at a cost that's cheaper than all of the other um, international schools there or even the Christian schools. Um, and we want to try to provide something that actually honors the Bible and history as it is. But then the other thing we're doing too is we're actually trying to equip parents to be the homeschoolers themselves because God says uh, to the parents, teach them all that I've commanded you. And as teachers, we are merely extensions of that parent. Our authority comes from the fact that parents have authority. Uh, so we're really a helping arm there. Um, and so that's what we do. We either work as consultants in uh, training the parent uh, or we work as the teacher 
actually doing the homeschooling. So coming into our house, we have new Christians. Uh, they're Japanese and love this great family. We spend a lot of time with them. And uh, from them, we have non-Christians who know we do explicitly Christian homeschooling. And they're like, you do better than most and you're, you're cheaper. Yeah. Uh, we want you. And it's like, well, you know, we're going to be convincing your kids that the biblical worldview is the right. best way to walk in this world. And they say, yeah, do it. And wow. so just wow. that testimony there of working hard. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's unique, really. I mean, teaching parents to homeschool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. It is. It is. It is. And, and by and large, it's almost completely forgotten. I mean, homeschooling is unloaded as an option. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like one-on-one -on -one discipleship in that process, mm. is there there are unique things that are happening. I know Kelsey and Andrea Schwartz do some of that right. kingdom building, living aspects of it. But mm. by and large, it's missing from our culture. Yeah, yeah. And I can only imagine that's worse in Malaysia. Yeah. Hmm. Don't let us forget um, on the last segment, or whatever, mm. for those listening who want to maybe reach out to you. Yeah. Or contact you. Sure. Um, if you want to share an email or whatever it is. Some different ways, ways to, to do that. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, uh, I think what we're doing could easily be implemented uh, in the U.S., um, the different things. Um, if you have teaching skills and you're a Christian, you can then teach someone else to do what you do. Um, you replicate yourself, and that's one way you build the kingdom, is you uh, make yourself irrelevant <laughs> by making more of you. Right, right. Uh, Another thing, there's Rohingya refugees. They're from Myanmar. The government was slaughtering them. Uh, they fled to Malaysia. They're stateless. They can't own property, get education, go to doctor's offices. Government doesn't recognize them. And so they work in terrible conditions uh, for really cheap. And so one thing is I actually work for Gary uh, as a content writer, content creator. Um, content manager, content yeah. Content dude, yeah, <laughs> right. And so, essentially, just writing, teaching English first uh, is something we're piloting. We're about to start it. And so, the Rohingya refugees, teaching them English, then teaching them how to do content writing, yeah. and then if they even do the jobs that Westerners don't want to do, writing articles for five bucks, right? That's twenty-five ringgit. That's yeah. rice and stuff for their family that right. they wouldn't be able to afford otherwise, or they had to work six hours for. But right. if they can write an article in one or two hours right. for five bucks, right. they can be providing for their family beyond any degree imaginable right. the other jobs they can which have. Is, which takes your missionary impact, not mm -hmm. only decentralizes it, mm -hmm. but it also then moves it into the individual and blesses those people that are around you right. on a very one-to-one -one basis. Right. I mean, providing for those essentials, mm -hmm. those practical needs. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and then having that, that doorway into life for the yeah. gospel. Yeah. And Amen. That's awesome. Josh, I have the stories of a, a world flood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are traditions or whatever. Yeah. 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 But then I think that one's less business. That's more like Noahic spreading. Recording. Yeah, we're recording. Great. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, that's a good point. So, basically, I think um, mm. one of the things that we have to bring out here is a reality that <laughs> missions mm -hmm. yeah. and um, having the ability to independently self fund, yeah, while at the same time not being afraid to ask, yeah, uh, for support 
are both in scripture, mm-hmm. right? And so I guess let's talk a little bit about that yeah. and where we see that played out and and uh, the direct application to business and how business is tied to flourishing, right. you know, and, and blessings and curses uh, through obedience and disobedience, both of the individual and collectively of, as the body represented in those of us who are in Christ yeah. and professing believers. So. Well, I mean, it probably comes down to like people's presuppositions or their worldview when it comes to missions. Like, I would be willing to support someone like Matt who was doing what he's doing. Where's your pocketbook, man? I didn't say that makes sense to us. But mm. unfortunately for the majority of the church, it doesn't. Mm. They want to see souls converted. Mm. That's that's yeah. that's mission. And to it's them. very much but like. For, but the, for us to say, you know what? Wow, you were you were laying the foundations and the groundwork mm. for the expansion of the kingdom of God in all areas of life mm. that benefit people's lives, mm. that open the door for the gospel. I mean, it goes way beyond. Mm. Are you standing in a corner with the Bible in your hand? Right. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I remember early on being converted mm. and going to uh, quickly being accepted into the the hierarchy of church governments and having these association meetings and the number one question to find out the effectiveness of the church mm. wasn't the judicial application mm. or the local uh, flourishing of their community through the individual members but how many baptisms have you had yeah. and so there was pressure oriented toward having the amount of baptisms and whoever had the most was seen as kind of the person in the high tower and so missions can be reduced to how many converts have you had and therefore it then becomes very reductionistic in relying upon the church to fund it because there's only one means to an end there's only one end and that's professed confession not life's changed Right, because once those baptisms take place, then what? Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. nobody cares. You know, and so you got a, a guy like William Carey, mm-hmm. seven years before his first, was it seven or eleven? A long time yeah. before his first comment. Seven eleven is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> Copyright. There's a plug, right? No. But, um, but we look at him as a hero of the faith, right? Right. Um, you know, that is, it's the same today. Yeah. And, and by, work to be done. Exactly. And by no means do we say, let's remove mm. uh, professed faith in Christ from missions and only say well, that it's mm. the application of, of uh, the truths of Christianity. Mm. But um, there's a, a, a much more wider view of what should be transpiring in effective missions. Yeah. And typically that's not going to be summed up on a you know eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, it's actually going to take work from the people supporting the missionary yeah, yeah. to find out what's happening and how can we help, mm-hmm. not just monetarily, but with our lives. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that it comes down to, <clears throat> do you take? It's like uh, you don't want a Christless uh, mission and adventure, right? Like, are you going in? It's like, do you put Christ as Lord? on a shelf and you just point people to him or do you throw him right into the mess of their life and you say watch him redeem your work your family your home you know and your neighbors yeah yeah through very ordinary means yeah very ordinary 
at the same time supernatural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has yeah. to do with uh, the life transforming power of God and the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. So uh, we were just chatting a little bit about really, really uh, the business owner who's listening to this. And, you know, um, I, I'm, we're obviously thinking of you and, and we're thinking of what does this all mean for you when you go to work on Monday or as a business owner, you're going to be working tonight probably and you'll be working tomorrow and you're struggling through the, the taxes and you're struggling through employees and you're struggling through getting more clients, struggling through your own processes. Okay, what in the world does this have to do with you? Well, last week we talked about discipleship and we talked about the organic aspects of it and how it looks very ordinary and in some, although this wasn't planned, this is very much the application of discipleship. So one is that you recognize people that are around, are around you. They don't have to be missionaries, but they're gifted in an area that can actually help you. And they're gifted in an area in which can be mutually beneficial. And you plug them in. You figure out creative ways to plug them in. A. B. Is as a business owner, you, ha- you can begin to think globally about your business so that you can take the stewardship of the overflow that you have and impact people in ways that never before have been available. Like the way that this can be tied into the mission field, the way that business now works, you can have somebody managing, let's say, um, your accounting that has left America and now they're, um, they're fulfilling what they feel is their calling in Japan or Korea or South Dakota, you know, and they can still very much be intertwined in what you're doing. So we can also begin to decentralize our thinking in terms of business ownership. And uh, I think that can have a wider impact to discipleship, and it should. And so um, really, I think that's what this, what we're here yeah. to talk about. Is well, what, what I hear you saying, Gary, is that you don't have to decide between being a businessman and a missionary. Right. You could be both. Right. Because I mean, I go back to our first show when we talked about um, the garden, and we talked about we are called to cultivate and produce. Right. That's the same thing. That's right. missions. Right. <laughs> you, right. You cultivate. You work. You and you produce. Yep. No matter where you are in the world. Yeah. But now we are way closer connected mm-hmm. through technology. Right. Um, like you said, no longer bound to a geographical location. Right. Um, you can fulfill the mission of God in your life and, and bless others. And it's just it's right. amazing. In so many multifaceted ways. Exactly. And we, we're still in, in that transition where it's easy to be stuck in. I need somebody to fulfill this position. Let me put an ad on Craigslist. When may, Maybe you should go to uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and find out what they're gifted at or talk to other people who might know them, or somebody that you know is struggling, a single mom that may have that giftedness, and her hours may be from midnight to 4 a.m. or something when everybody else is asleep, but you're still able to provide for her in a unique way that allows her to still be a mom and homeschool and bring in those components in such a dynamic and influential way that, in my opinion, has never been seen yet. Yeah. And so... So I, I, I guess let's end this with talking a little bit, Matt, about how people can find you and um, different ways to connect with you. Um, uh, the guys over at the Reforming 
uh, not reforming business, but um, <laughs> Reconstructionist Radio, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I think we mentioned in the beginning, have put together uh, some places that people can donate. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't, I guess you talk really quick, about a minute. With, shameless uh, plug time. Yeah, shameless yeah. plug, jump in and let sure, us know. Sure, right. So my wife and I got a call about two babies that are going to be orphaned into the Islamic welfare state. Um, and so uh, we had to take on some big debt to take them because they had a huge hospital bill, um, somewhere around, uh, 10,000 us dollars. Um, and so this, uh, you caring donation fund was set up to help provide for that, uh, because we just want to do justice when no other Christians would. Um, so if you want to get contact, if it's hard to find, it's on you caring. I don't have the name in front of me. But you can find me on Facebook, Matthew McKay Belleville. That's hard to spell. So you can email me. And we'll, we'll drop a link on the Reforming Business Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. Well. yeah. Okay. And then to email is mattbell18 at gmail.com. Great. Man. Great. Well, it's great talking to you. It's obviously great. We have you all week. Yeah. So we'll be having uh, more conversations about Christ, Sweet deal. the kingdom, and missions. So thanks. Business. Yeah, in business. So, all right. So this was uh, the uh, episode number three for the Reforming Business Podcast. It's been great to have you guys. It's been great to talk to Matt. Of course, great to uh, catch up with Nathan again. And uh, again, we hope this is a blessing to you. If you like what we're doing, uh, like, share, review, anything, just to let us know that there are people out there that are actually enjoying this. Either way, we're having a we're having a blast doing it, and uh, we hope to continue to do so in the future. So, again, uh, if you want to find more information about Matt and Helen, uh, you'll see links on this podcast. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to you guys again. Have a blessed week.